welcome to the ninth episode of the Lebanese Physicians uh, Podcast. Uh, and today we have a special guest, uh, Dr. Ziad Habater, who is an in vitro fertilization specialist uh, at the Lebanese American University Medical Center as a hospital. Uh, I have known Dr. Habater for a very long time. Actually, we were together at the uh, American University of Beirut Medical School. And uh, then I worked with him at LAU for uh, a couple of years when I was there. Uh, and it was a lot of fun working with him, actually. That's why I decided to invite him. Uh, Dr. Habater, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Khalil. How are you? Thank you for having me. It's a great uh, thing you're doing and, uh, and uh, to keep all these physicians connected. Uh, so thank you again for having me and for this great initiative you're doing. All right, thank you, thank you, Dr. Peter. Can you uh, can you tell us a bit about your yourself, uh, where you uh, trained, and how you ended up going back to Lebanon? So uh, I did my uh, medical school uh, in Lebanon at the American University of Beirut. Uh, then uh, I went and did my uh, residency in obstetrics and gynecology at the uh, George Washington University, where uh, you are right now practicing. And uh, then I did a fellowship, a three-year fellowship in uh, uh, reproductive endocrinology and infertility, so IVF, at Johns Hopkins. And uh, uh, also I did some research at the NIH and all that stuff. And then uh, I worked uh, for a few years uh, in private practice in the U.S. before uh, deciding to return uh, to Lebanon. And I came back to Lebanon uh, 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 you know, a few years ago, uh, want to be close to uh, uh, to family, to home, and also we uh, they, uh, a great opportunity to join the uh, Lebanese American University uh, and the Department of OBGYN. Great, great, and uh, so so basically, what made you return to Lebanon is mostly the family connections uh, that you have there, right? Uh, that was the main uh, factor, uh, you know, and uh, but also. Uh, the, uh, I wanted to be, uh, you know, part of the uh, uh, growing academic institution and to, uh, to to practice with the people that we uh, know that I grew up with. You know, it is, it's uh, fun and uh, and uh, you know, it's uh, there's still like you know uh, a lot that we can do uh, in return to uh, to Lebanon, especially in these times. It's even more uh, uh, you know important. Right, right, exactly. And I see you're raising two great, uh, great kids right now uh, in the country. And uh, so can you tell us a bit about your uh, OBGYN uh, practice in Lebanon? How has it been? Uh, how, how is the practice of infertility in Lebanon, infertility medicine, and uh, uh, over the past years uh, right now? So uh, uh, the OBGYN practice in Lebanon is... Uh, uh, and infertility, especially, you know, is uh, uh, a, a little bit different than the way it's maybe in the U.S. So in the U.S., the uh, IVF physician only, only does infertility, while uh, the uh, you know each one does its own subspecialty. Here in Lebanon, you know, a little bit more of everything. Okay, but uh, uh, but uh, you know, the, the things are changing, and I think it's better because. The, it's good to uh, to have also the subspecialist taking care of the uh, you know the medical problem in that subspecialty. You know? So now we have uh, you know like uh, IVF uh, subspecialists, we have uh, you know like uh, oncologists, we have uh, you know the high risk pregnancy, we have the uh, you know like the different subspecialty within our field. But still, you know like uh, uh, you know, we we are practicing. Uh, you know we do also the. Um, uh, 
you know, the uh, routine OB and gynecological problem, as well as the uh, advanced complex and difficult cases of uh, IVF and infertility. Uh, now, uh, uh, so uh, when I, uh, uh, when I, you know, when we came back, uh, you know, initially uh, things were still uh, uh, different, but uh, uh, then now, now unfortunately with the COVID situation, with uh, the economic situation, many things have changed, obviously. So yeah, I know also you've been uh, promoted during your stay, you've been promoted to become a uh, program director of the uh, OBGYN uh, residency program. And I know you recruit a good number of residents uh, every year. So uh, now that you mentioned the economic crisis, uh, has there been an effect of the economic crisis on uh, your residents? And have, have, they have, they, have they all stayed or have some of them been leaving, going to different areas uh, to, to train? So, uh, when, uh, so when I joined the LAU as a program director back a few years ago, uh, the, uh, uh, we were fortunate to one of the program that had the least uh, resident actually leaving our program. Uh, indeed, we only had one resident that was already a premium and he went to uh, the US. But uh, since then, we have not lost one resident. And, and, uh, and uh, we have, so we have like, pretty much 100% retention uh, of our uh, residents, unlike many other programs in the country. Okay? Uh, this is partly because we have uh, you know, our faculty, we, uh, uh, the, the majority of our faculty are actually uh, American board certified. And uh, so uh, we are you know, able also to take advantage of uh, uh, some affiliate uh, hospital that we work with. So for example, uh, we uh, have an affiliation with the Hariri University Hospital, which is the uh, referral center for Corona. And so our residents have been also on the front line with uh, dealing with pregnant patients with uh, um, the COVID uh, infection. Uh, now, uh, uh, there, there we do take also, we, we model our program based on the US uh, uh, training, and uh, we also give them the training service that is being done in the US. And uh, this year, they actually have scored uh, really well with uh, you know, several residents reaching uh, up to two standard deviation um, above the, uh, the median. So, you know, we, uh, we're doing really well uh, with that. And most of our residents are getting afterward either a subspecialized in, uh, in uh, France or in Canada. And uh, some are planning now to uh, even uh, do a, uh, to pursue a, um, uh, a training in the, in the U.S. Excellent. Looks like that, that goes to uh, how, how good of a job you're doing, I guess, with the program. Uh, <laughs> now, a question for you. I wish I can take all the credit, but I think, uh, you know, as a department, we're all doing a great job. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I know all the department. Everybody is great, uh, great in it. And uh, so, how has uh, how has the economic situation, the COVID situation, affected your your IVF practice? Do you feel that people are still uh, coming to do uh, in vitro fertilization at the same rate as before, uh, or do you think it has been uh, affected by the crisis and the numbers are down at this point? All right, so uh, maybe because you know I I, I'm new here, so I keep on, I'm actually having more patients doing this procedure, okay? So, uh, but, uh, uh, but that's all, I, it's maybe my suspicion because, you know, I, uh, you know I'm, uh, I just started my practice a few years ago and it's growing every year. Uh, so in a way, I don't see 
maybe the, the impact as much, okay? Uh, but uh, there is another thing that's happening with the uh, economic situation uh, and the uh, hyperinflation in a way, you know, telling how people are going to buy things uh, before they get, uh, you know, uh, more expensive, maybe in one month or two months or three months. Uh, we are seeing that also in IVF where people are coming and uh, considering that maybe we should do our egg freezing uh, in uh, January uh, before uh, waiting till March because in March might become a, a worse uh, situation. So that's uh, the uh, egg freezing or in vitro fertilization for married couples. Now, egg freezing, uh, a lot of people are coming and uh, also talking about it and getting uh, our opinion about it because also with the COVID situation, people are not socializing anymore. And uh, some of the, uh, the patients who are like in the early 30s uh, and mid 30s, you know, are worried about, uh, you know, whether they're uh, gonna meet somebody with uh, everybody in lockdown or not able to meet. And, uh, you know, they are worried that they might uh, uh, not be able to uh, get married soon. And so they are in doing the egg freezing procedure, which will give them the opportunity to, in a way, uh, to uh, be more uh, relaxed about uh, uh, the pressure of time and, uh, and uh, getting married. Right, right. Yeah, so, so, so basically what you feel like is that uh, people are trying to do it early on too, just because of they have the money now, it may be cheaper at this point, it may be more expensive later on, and, uh, and some of them are actually uh, using their money in the bank, I guess, uh, in a way or, or, or another to, to, do their, to do their egg freezing. Now, now, obviously, the prices are much higher, and so um, uh, it, is, it is probably becoming uh, less accessible for people because as you know, some people are still earning in the, you know, on the regular currency and uh, they didn't have an adjustment of their, uh, uh, of their uh, salary. So, and, uh, you know, but again, some of, uh, I, you know, some of my colleagues who have been here for a long time and well-established have mentioned that they are not a decline in the, in the overall volume of people actually doing the procedure. You know, sometimes people can ask and then, they might not actually end up doing it. Right, right. And uh, how's how's the COVID situation in Lebanon right now? I mean, I know it's been it's been bad over the past couple of months, and the reopening just started. So, are your clinics uh, completely open, or have you had to shut down your clinics for a while? So, I actually, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, I think it's dependent on each physician. I'm, I'm, uh, uh, you know, we haven't closed our clinic and. Uh, uh, but what we have done, because in, uh, there was a rise in cases, especially after the, uh, the holidays and uh, Christmas and, uh, and New Year's, and uh, uh, you know, I personally end up not doing except emergency surgeries. Okay, I thought that you know, it's the the best thing is to avoid doing an elective procedure and uh, that, uh, getting a risk for the patient to contract uh, you know COVID from her. Uh, uh, you know, uh, stay in the hospital and uh, things like that. However, uh, this has been uh, uh, very good recently, and uh, and uh, so we are back to uh, doing our routine, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, activities. Now, keep in mind there was a lockdown, so when in uh, the second week of January, the cases were around six thousand five hundred cases in one day. Uh, after the lockdown, you know, the number have dropped, so now they are more like around. Uh, were 2,000, uh, you know, uh, on average. But now with the reopening of the country, we are likely to see a rise in the uh, cases. 
But uh, thankfully, that at the same time, we have now the vaccine. And so hopefully, uh, this will be able to, uh, to balance that as well. Because the pe people need to work and people need to go to the activity. And in the, you know, especially with our economic situation, the country it is even more important. And uh, uh, the other thing is that the hospital were really uh, at the critical stage in January before the lockdown. So although the lockdown is not an answer, a, a long-term solution, I think the vaccine definitely is. And, uh, and as a paratus, I recommend every patient uh, or, uh, you know, people are worried about when they're pregnant, they get the vaccine. You know, it's true we don't have like, you know, enough data, but it's uh, everything that we have so far is good and, uh, and it's safe. And we hope that our patients who are trying to get pregnant, who are trying to get pregnant, and who are pregnant, that they should uh, not worry about the uh, COVID vaccine. And uh, so, but anyway, so the hospital are now a little bit more relieved. We are opening more flows, uh, uh, specific for COVID. And uh, at least, you know, we are not, uh, the ER is open. Excellent. And how do you see, I mean, we always hear like you're, you're in Lebanon or you're outside of Lebanon, you're always here in the news, uh, the crisis in the country and, and everything that's going on. Uh, but then people live, live their life. I mean, if you're living there, you live your life maybe close to, as close to normal as possible. How do you see the effect of this crisis moving forward? Uh, or how do you see it moving forward for the future of your uh, residency program and the practice uh, practice in the country so for our resident we we, we uh, besides the COVID situation we worry about that the economic situation uh, worsens okay that, that there will be less and less uh, cases that can that we perform because people may not have any more the means to uh, to pay for the surgeries okay so that's one part the other part also uh, we worry that you know uh, there are physicians that are leaving uh, uh, the country. Uh, you know, it's normal for people to, uh, each person has different uh, you know, uh, financial situation. And, uh, and uh, you know, so it's uh, the same way how uh, in every sector, uh, people who, um, uh, people who uh, want to leave and uh, get an opportunity are, uh, are maybe um, leaving. And uh, the, the, what's happening is that the, like draining the, the, the knowledge and the brain of the people uh, who are working in this country. So, uh, um, so we hope to retain uh, uh, the faculty as much as we can. And this way, at least uh, the teaching and the training will remain. And also, we hope that the situation does not worsen economically so that we can still have uh, the uh, insurances, the patients that can, uh, the, you know, that can come and uh, and seek their care with us, and uh, and, uh, and uh, that would be great for our resident and, uh, and for ourselves and for our patient, because uh, you know this way, you know they will have still, uh, you know, a well-trained physician, and we still can provide uh, training for uh, the future physician of the country, and the patient will still be able to get uh, a good care, uh, you know, at home without having to uh, go somewhere else. Right. And if uh, I mean, what, one one harder question for you here, if if you need if if people can donate to your program or to uh, to LAU, what what do you feel would uh, would you need the most to have the to have the best impact on your program to improve it uh, with the current situation? 
So you're saying if somebody will donate a, a donation or LEU program, like the OB-GYN department, what, yes. how, how will I use this? Yeah, how, I mean, how will you, yeah, how, how will you use it or how, uh, or so, what's the best impact right now? Because I'm sure there are always help is needed at this point. So, uh, yeah, so that's actually uh, great because uh, uh, I, I think we will use it in two ways. First of all, uh, we can uh, help at least the patient who uh, need the money. Like, you know, if they need a certain differential to be able to be taken care of, then that would be uh, good to have a certain fund for these uh, patients. Okay, so uh, uh, for women that are, uh, you know, in need. Okay, so that would be uh, one thing. Okay. Uh, so uh, that would be great to give back to the society and to help uh, uh, the department and the institution. The other thing uh, that can help also is, uh, you know, LAU is one of the pioneers in the region in uh, simulation. Uh, you know, like, uh, so, uh, like, you know, airplanes and the pilots, they, before they go and, uh, and fly, they do a lot of simulation, okay? so. Uh, same thing in medicine, and, and this is becoming like a new trend everywhere worldwide, uh, where they are utilizing simulation and new technology, artificial intelligence to improve the training and the, and the skills of uh, of, uh, of uh, physician. And so, uh, with the uh, so uh, uh, like additional funding will help us obtain the newest technology to build on our simulation program and simulation. And therefore, if there's any deficiency in, for example, uh, a certain uh, skill, then they can do that. And as a matter of fact, the USA was, uh, has uh, cooperated with the LAU and gave uh, some help. And we were able to, for example, now a laparoscopy simulation, and we take our resident teacher how to uh, practice minimally invasive procedure and laparoscopic skills, the basic skills, and so on. And they're very happy, and, uh, and uh, you know, we... Um, uh, we enjoy it too. Yeah, you reminded me of the stimulation program. It's a, it's a great program by Dr. Vanda Abirad. I, I've, I've, done, I've done the course with her and it's a great uh, program in Biblos actually. So they, they do a good job maintaining it. And uh, yeah, I'm impressed Dr. Abaitir. I think you're, uh, you're one of the physicians who are uh, still, still there battling on and you have a very positive uh, attitude about it which is uh, needed right now uh, in, in, in these circumstances. Uh, uh, and I'm very impressed by you uh, for doing that. Uh, so in summary, do you wanna, do you wanna say uh, anything in summary about your program, about, uh, about uh, the practice in Lebanon right now and about uh, what people can do to help? So in summary, I think, you know, uh, uh, Lebanon is passing through a crisis and, uh, and uh, we've, uh, we've, we've been in the civil war. We grew up uh, to the civil war. And, uh, and uh, you know, we think uh, uh, afterward, uh, but unfortunately now, you know, it's a different type of crisis. It's an economic, economic crisis. And uh, I, you know, I'm certain that uh, the resilience of the people and the, uh, uh, and the, um, Belonging to the country, like you know, like you know, for example, people who are abroad uh, still feel a belonging, a strong belonging to uh, to Lebanon, and still you know, will contribute back. And and uh, many people are staying now abroad or leave the country now to uh, for better financial or uh, professional position. But I'm sure that they will give back also to uh, to Lebanon. And I think it is this uh, the type of uh, giving back and belonging that uh, uh, that the people. 
uh, you know, wanting to uh, improve our, uh, you know, at least in the healthcare system, you know, I'm sure in other systems as, uh, as well, uh, we will be able to uh, recover from uh, this uh, difficult period and from Corona and the economic crisis and to hopefully, uh, you know, uh, uh, build a better future for the future generation. Exactly. And how's, and just, just to finish it up, I think the best way to donate is to donate to LAU, right? To the university itself. Uh, yes, I mean, there, are, there is a, uh, I think there is a uh, assistant, uh, you know, for, for the uh, president who is responsible for all these uh, things. And, and they, they, they're doing these things, actually. They've done like uh, something where they uh, do auction for arts. And uh, so, you know, because obviously, uh, this is important to keep uh, the faculty and the student and the, you know the student also are facing a lot of problems with the tuition and the, you know I, I was just saying that the uh, you know the system the, the, the process of giving is uh, uh, yeah I got it got it yeah I got I got what you mean actually uh, yeah that's better it was uh, was uh, great talking to you and I think it's great you gave us uh, some of your I know you're very busy and it's good you gave us some of your uh, time for this. Uh, it was great seeing you in person, or at least virtually, I guess. Virtually, 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 virtually exactly. Is, uh, one of uh, like um, my friend was telling me a while ago that uh, you know, like uh, Zoom was created by uh, you know, created COVID. Sorry, I asked the question wrong. <laughs> Who created it's, COVID? It's, it's uh, like you know that uh, big pharma or whatever. So. But it's uh, probably Zoom. Right, because they benefited the most from this and they benefit for a long time. Uh, doing uh, extremely well. Exactly. All right, thanks. I hope, I hope you will come back uh, uh, and see us uh, soon. Yep, I hope so too. Thank you very much. Thank you, Khalil. And keep it up. We, uh, we enjoy uh, seeing all these uh, uh, interviews that you're doing. and. Uh, and uh, you know, hopefully, we'll uh, we'll get a chance to do that again. Yep, for sure, for sure.